welcome to the Rudimental Podcast. I guess we're just going to start <laughs> because, uh, uh, but I have Hunter Foreman on today and he is the host of your podcast. What is it called? Everything Like Such As. Everything Like Such As. Okay. Fair enough. The, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, he's got his own podcast and I wanted to bring him on because A, he's a friend um, that we've played music together before, mostly in the church worship setting. And B, um, there's not a ton of podcasts in this area. So, there isn't. No, um, I would. I think I know of like three total, including mine. What's so, the deal with that? I don't know. I I find it fun. Yeah, it's not that expensive. It's a fun hobby. Um, I like bringing great people on to talk. And uh, this is episode number eleven. So, yeah, some great see. content out there. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Yeah, thanks for that shout out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but the um, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is uh, I'm, I love spur of the moment things, and I'm I'm yeah. all about it. He texted me yesterday. <laughs> I texted him spontaneity. Yesterday. I was like, uh, want to be on podcast? <laughs> uh, like I mentioned in the last episode, uh, which was a good, I think, pick everything back up episode. Uh, I wanted to make sure that um, I was getting this thing back up and running uh, as I uh, make my transition out of Lake Charles. But there's still so many great people to interview here and to bring on that um, are friends, um, colleagues uh, that I just wanted to talk to and bring on. Hunter's one of them. Uh So uh, uh, Hunter's family um, is actually... They're actually dear friends of mine because um, they are. Uh, they started a planner church, Sulphur Community Church in Sulphur, Louisiana, the next town over. Um, started by your father. Yeah, my family. We planted. Yeah, Blake Foreman, um, and it was based out of. Uh, was it sent out by another church, or how was the idea? Yeah, yeah we. Uh, it was originally like kind of a thing. My dad had a vision for and uh he wanted he wanted he we didn't want to leave a church that we were like we're out of here peace out mm-hmm. and uh so we got the leadership of the of Houston River our church that sent us to uh get on board and they sent us out and uh yeah we planted in sulfur I actually play drums at Houston River Church uh Houston River Baptist Church right now um and have been for a year and a half great church uh and I was I didn't know the lineage tied in to both churches uh because I used to play at Sulphur Community, um, and that's where I met some of my dearest friends. And uh, the opportunity came for me to play at Houston River, and I did. And, um, and then I was told about the lineage. So, uh, yeah, it was sent out. Um, and it's uh, isn't there a certain kind of Sulphur group of churches that is it called that, or is it... Um, I'm coalition. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's also kind of part of the church plant, sort of. Uh there's a nonprofit that started with Sulfur Community. No way. Sulfur Community Christian Coalition. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the other way. Sulfur Christian Community Coalition. There it is. S E three. We just say S E three. Right. Um that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Yes. And they kind of connect a lot of the churches to do like hands on, like, you know, whether it's Christmas stores or different things in the community to like help help the community, but they connect all the churches to do that. Gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, uh, I was informed of all that when I got there. Um, I found it super interesting and great. Uh, it was a great thing that uh, Sulphur's a kind of town. I think I've mentioned this before that reminds me of my hometown. Uh, kind of tied in, like, Deer Park and Pasadena are kind of like Sulphur and Lake Charles. One's bigger. Uh, 
other ones slightly less um, uh, in size, like, and it they kind of have a lot of things in common. A lot of people work in Pasadena, live in Deer Park, or a lot of people work in Deer Park and live in Pasadena, go to school in Pasadena, live in Deer Park. So it's I find a lot of similarities in in Lake Charles Sulphur area, uh, the lake area, if you will. Um, so when uh, seeing the opportunity, to, I've played at all these churches in, in different parts of Lake Charles and Sulphur. Um, there is a great uh, Christian, you know, Southern uh, Baptist feel. Um, but, but that's where, uh, and also a lot of Catholicism is yeah, present. There is, yeah, uh, Catholicism. In Louisiana in, in general. Um, but I find that Sulphur community is uh, more modern, more non-denominational. Um, at least that's what I get from it. What is it, what is the church labeled as? Um, it, well, the name is Sulphur Community Church and that I'll talk about that and then I'll go into the okay. roots. But my dad wanted to name it that because there's a lot of misconceptions with, with people who we're trying to reach people and, and try to send a message to people who don't normally are not in church and they're unchurched. And so whenever you have a, a message or a, a label that's just Baptist or Catholic or whatever, automatically people have their ideas of what it's going to be. Absolutely. And so that could hinder people from coming and just, you know, hanging out or whatever it is, even if they're not like very religious or whatever. Um, so he wanted to be like a, a, a church that could be for the community, whether, whatever your background. And so um, that's where the name comes from. Um, technically, if you want to look at the books, uh, we are church plant out of the Southern Baptist convention. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. So if you're looking really hard, you could, you could maybe see some Baptist roots, but uh, try really hard to include. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Southern Baptist convention is something I'm very familiar with because we used to do uh, North American mission board stuff that I think worked together. We used to do world changer stuff when I was a kid, um, all that kind of stuff. And I've, I grew up Baptist. There's, yeah, you know, just through and through. Um, while there is a label to what I grew up in, I don't actually fully understand what being a Baptist is. And uh, it's not that I wasn't instructed. It's just I never thought it mattered. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents weren't... My, my mother grew up being a Christian, uh, actually Lutheran. And um, my father wasn't saved until he was 27. So I had kind of like a mixed view on things. I had a grandmother who was non-denominational to the, uh, to the, to the max really after being Lutheran. So my mom's mom, and while her parents went from being Lutheran to non-denominational, uh, and my dad just was Baptist from the very beginning. So, um, but I always thought I was like, well, I mean, going to church is going to church. <laughs> and yeah. I didn't really fully understand the difference between, you know, the methodology and, and Methodist, and and Catholics and you know Baptists and all that kind of stuff. I still to this day um, just feel like if I find it where I'm comfortable, then I'm I'm happy. Yeah. So while uh, and you know obviously I think I'm going to be automatically more comfortable in the Baptist Church just because that's what I'm used to. But I'm comfortable in non-denominational as well. I mean I was extremely comfortable in Sulphur Community, yeah. even though it's you know uh, it it's just more modern. It's more um, for the younger crowd, I think, but it, I don't know if that's the goal or if that is just how things work or, you know, whatever, but it's just, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great community, sulfur community. <laughs> and, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted to get at first was to kind of talk to you about that and how like that affected your perception of everything because you grew up in Houston River. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it, how did that change? Um, I, I think I was similar to you where I didn't. Uh, growing up, I was like unaware of like, oh, what's the difference between me and my Catholic friend at school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And to me in my head, it was just like, oh, well, we... You know, we're all Christians. We all believe in Jesus and kind of like the basics of the fundamentals are there for whatever Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, whatever. Um, So, yeah. um, And then uh, I'd really grown up like Southern Baptist, super like in it. You know, we weren't allowed to dance, no drinking, Mm -hmm. like all that, you know. So um, Hymns sung every Sunday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we couldn't keep a beat, Um, except for the musicians. But we we would just get mad at all the other people. The ones who found their gift. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. And then probably when I was in high school, I kind of got a taste of like different churches I'd gone to visit. Uh, just in the area and like Charles. Uh, and so getting to go to those churches, I was like, huh, this is almost like a concert or like, you know, you kind of yeah. get that feel, um, which, you know, not saying those things are bad, uh, but I just, it was just a different, um, it was a different feel than uh, what I was used to. So uh, yeah, I, it was it was interesting coming from uh, Houston River to Sulphur Community, um, especially since I was part of like, we started in my living room. And mm. so it wasn't like, uh, it was it was a big change coming from like a huge like church to my living room. I think room. that was like a year after I got here. Because, yeah, because that I, sounds about right. Yeah, because Blake was going there before I went there, mm-hmm. uh, and he he was talking about it. Um, I was, you know, I was still attached to my home church back in Houston, and so I was, it was a little tough for me to transition. I, I floated around for a while, just whoever needed to needed a drummer or needed someone to drum. At a church, I was there, but it's not like I really found a church home until probably my third or fourth year here. So, um, you know, and we, like I mentioned before, I think we found our gifts early on. Like, when did you start playing music? Uh, It was like fifth or sixth grade for in the church. So, yeah, I was six years old when my dad bought me my first drum set. Really? And I came home from baseball practice. It was my sixth birthday. And he said, uh, I got a surprise for you. It was a cherry red Tama Rockstar with terrible symbols. <laughs> and it was just set up all wrong, but I loved it. <laughs> and I would sit there for hours and hours and try to figure everything out. And one day I did. And um, he said, okay, well, let's see where this goes. And here I am now. But the, uh, I mean, I found my gift and I used it in church like I expected to. Um, I didn't really understand what was going on probably until I was like 13 or 14. I was like, okay, I I was given this gift and now I can use it for um, this reason. And uh, there's this feeling of like when you you feel like something else kind of taking over your ability and you're just playing and you're playing and you wake up and like the song's over, which is a feeling I kind of crave every time I play worship music. Yeah. and it, it, while it isn't um, something that I guess has to happen every song, it's it's nice to uh, yearn for that feeling again every once in a while. Like playing, you know, when you're 13 or 14, you think you're a rock star and you think you're really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now that I'm more musically aware, um, I'm a little too hard on myself while I play, but just yeah. a little over analytical. I miss those days where I wasn't like so, uh, I guess 
te- technically, um, like prioritizing technique yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It was just misplaying. Same thing with like uh, gear. It's like oh, I used to, yeah. I used to like whatever. This is a cue. It's out of tune. I don't care. Like, don't I'd even play. care. Yeah, and then now it's like the more I care, the more money I spend. So. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm but, going through that right now, <laughs> dude. Did you know that actually my first instrument was drums when I was like, was it really about, about six or seven? Uh, nice. Yeah. I got a little first act kit, and no, yeah, beat it away. Is. Walmart, but, it is. Uh, and then once I learned other stuff, that how was old a, are you? I'm 21. 21. Okay, yeah. I'm two years older than you. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah, the it. I don't know. It's um, I teach a little six and seven year olds now. I'm kind of trying to put myself back in that, <laughs> that point in my life. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I don't even know how you start to because some people ask me like, how do you how do you, I want to learn to do drums and it's like I don't really know how to teach you I was like mm. can you keep a beat that's where I start first it's like can you just snap rhythm of- can be taught um, but there's just some kids that start out with rhythm way yeah. more ahead yeah I teach this I teach four six year olds at, oh, wow. at the private lesson studio I teach at um, and uh, one of them is just way ahead of the game as far as rhythm goes there's one that's kind of behind him but he's just not quite grown up enough yet uh, obviously but I'm I'm not joking. Some six year olds just have a mind that's like way older than they are. Yeah. Um, and this kid, man, he just gets it, and it's really awesome to teach him. And then the next the next kid will come in, and I'm like, Don't you just want to grab the sticks and be like, Here, just let me do it. And ex- <laughs> I, you have no idea. <laughs> um, you know, and then I try to put myself back. I've always been like, uh, I've always had awareness. I think I've, I'm just, I've always overthought everything, which, you know, that's anxiety and that's whatever it may be. But, um, I, I, I just admit, I remember vividly back then just not worrying about anything except for this one task. And that was to get the straight beat. Like, yeah. <laughs> cats, <laughs> yep. cats. And now I'm, now I'm over here sitting trying to add stuff to it. And I'm like, yeah, oh, man, back I miss to the it. fundamentals, back to the, back to the simplicity, but <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it, I still love playing. You know, I still love playing in church, and I wouldn't try to seek um, what decision is best in music for me uh, through God Himself. Like, it, if if I wasn't serious about it, you know, um, yeah. this whole Las Vegas move is, you know, it's tripping me out. But I, I feel like I feel very confident in, in the decision. I feel a lot of peace about it. So that's wow. why I'm trying to. Uh, Pursue it as much as I can, but what? Um, you're at McNeese now. Yeah, McNeese. You started out at UL. I did. Lafayette. Uh, how was that experience? UL was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever people are like, you know, what do you like better? And the here's the deal: McNeese and UL, same educational level, great, uh-huh. equal, equal scholarship, everything. Um, the at, the atmosphere, the environment. I was also in the school of music there. Uh, in the in their chamber singers, so mm-hmm. uh, which was awesome. I had my house paid for, like yeah. I, my dorm, so it was awesome. Nice scholarship opportunity. Yeah, they have a great music program over there. They had we got to do like these big choral things with orchestras, and it was just like awesome. Yeah, um, McNeese is not quite there yet. Yep. Um, but McNeese is great music program too. Um, We're growing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, growing. Um, but that was it. Was a fun time. It was my first time moving out of, out of my house, ah. moving away, living by myself. Um, uh yeah, it was a good growing. I always tell people like move away like for at least a year or two, like even if you want to come back home, but just do that because I think that's the biggest like learning experience ever is living on your own. Right. Oh, I can attest to that. What made you want to come back? Um so 
in my head, I always, or when people ask me that question, I always say, oh, well, I want to switch my major to English. Uh, and Manis has a better English program uh, educationally than UL did. Um, so I, I thought I was going to teach. And so I came back here, knew a lot of the educators here anyway. Uh, that's turned out probably not going to be the case. I'm not going to say ever. I don't know. Um, but What's your major now? English. Okay. So yeah, I came back here to, to, to get an English degree. I, I started out in journalism. Um, which was awesome. Like I like journalism. I actually like starting to drift more that way again. I'm like reading journalism books. I don't know, dude. I don't right. know what I'm going to do with my life. But uh, <laughs> in that moment, the reason was I was switching majors, and um, it could it honestly like it probably could have been wanted to be back home. Uh, I never really detached from Sulphur Community at, and my my community like friends. And it's only an hour down the yeah, road. Yeah, it's only an hour, yeah. and I would come home every weekend, and so. Towards the end, I wasn't I wasn't coming home uh, as much, but that's one thing I wish I wouldn't have done, just so I could be present in Lafayette. Right. But, uh, yeah, the major the major change really brought me home. Yeah, I, I spent uh, a summer in Lafayette. I liked it. Uh, UL definitely feels like more of a college than yeah, McNeese it does. does. It's not a commuter school. Right. Um, there are Lafayette locals that go there, but there's still a lot of um, general Louisiana. Uh, Popularly, there's a lot of Texas people that yeah. go to the UL as well, and they, they live on the campus. So yeah. that's what separates uh, a lot of McNeese versus UL. And I hear all this, like, you know, talk and everything. And LSU has more of a following, obviously, because that is just a giant yeah, SEC a flag school. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, you can't really compare the two. And it, does it still piss me off when people <laughs> wear LSU gear on McNeese campus? Yeah, of course it does. But yeah, you wouldn't find that's that another thing. At UL, literally, one day, I learned it was the very beginning I was wearing an LSU hoodie mm-hmm. and literally someone said to me and it's seriously like why are you wearing that yeah and I was like haha like trying to laugh it off They're like no seriously don't ever wear that yeah. on a Friday again nope here there's people only wearing LSU stuff only wearing, and I'm like, like it's like this is their so goal. different yeah. yeah so it's interesting yeah I mean that was one thing that was interesting when it, I came from living in the fourth largest major city or in the greater Houston area to come over here where there's only two professional sports teams, the Saints and the Pelicans. Right. And the other thing that's probably just as big as Saints football is LSU football. Yeah, SEC. And uh, LSU baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, Not so much basketball, but it's not really a basketball state to be totally honest. Like, yeah, I don't get that. I'm a big basketball fan, but, you know, I'll probably never go to a Pelicans game just (laughs) because, yeah. But I just... uh, I, I talked about this on, I think, several podcasts where it's just like the culture, the cultural difference between just this 30 minutes over the Texas border to even Orange or or where I'm from. is It's totally different. Um, there are LSU fans back home, but you're going to find a, abundance of people in Houston anyway. You're going to find A&M grads, UT grads, where my brother's going, uh, uh, U of H grads that are growing in, in kind of like a exponential manner because like U of H is just stepping their game up and everything. And so, I mean, when I come over here and like the only, the only thing I see is purple and gold. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. Our blood runs blue, purple and gold. (laughs) I almost said blue and gold. Oh, you should. That's McNeese. Yeah, Yeah. I should. I should support my team. I enjoy my time at McNeese. Uh, and you know, people can dog on it, whatever, call it Ryan street high if they want. (laughs) But, uh, it was a commuter school for me. This became my home at 18 years old and I appreciated my time here. Uh, people overlook us in a lot of areas, especially the school of music. And, you know, in the drum community, we're starting to put our name on the map. And I'm going to take that and be proud of it uh, elsewhere I go at UNLV. I'm going to be proud of it. So yeah. it's where my professor went. Um, 
So there's it just ties everywhere. I like the small community that a individual sub like subcategories of musicians have. So drummers, guitarists, uh, classical t- guitarists, bassists, all this kind of stuff, singers. Uh, but then there's communities like the worship community. And there's there's communities like um, classical percussion community or drum set community or uh, southern gospel community. All this kind of stuff. I just love the camaraderie. Um, and I've discovered that more as I've networked more at conventions and stuff like that, uh, on how it's been like, uh, more abundantly clear to me that having that sort of like community around you is important. Oh yeah. Especially, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you what you thought, um, the status of the worship community is as far as like, do you think there's good things happening? Do you think there's, there needs to be reform? Do you think there needs to be... Uh, I guess different um, personalities um, in the group to make it more, uh, I guess, diverse. I don't know. I've come across some people that think they are, you know, a little bit, I guess, uh, better than they are um, in the worship community. Uh, what are your thoughts about like the current status of the worship community? Mm, loaded question. Yeah. Um, are you talking like generally or in this area? Like, um, generally. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced two, two areas. So I've experienced this area and back home. Okay. Um, I've experienced both uh, in a sense of I find the same people. I find people that are just generally up there for um, the right reason. And I find people that are up there that maybe aren't, you know, yeah. like okay. it's just... Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that, um, there's always like a trying to progress, trying to progress towards change. But, mm-hmm. um, I think probably like 15 years ago, whenever like, or 20 really now, it's like whenever this, this new like contemporary Michael W. Smith, yeah, Chris exactly. Tomlin, whenever that was kicking off, you had a lot of people who wanted to just jump on board with that, like even in their local churches mm-hmm. and even if they couldn't sing, even if they couldn't play. You know, they're like, well, I'm doing it for God. So then that's how it is. Yeah. And there was no one ever to say, hey, uh, you know, you maybe don't have that gift or you're not, you're not, you're not ready or whatever. And so then they, you know, the, I think there is that, that cycle that happened. Now today, I think that is actually being phased out in my opinion. I think that we're having more uh, direct conversation about like, look, you know, we, we don't want to be a distraction to <laughs> our congregation. Um I think there's been a lot more understanding of like why you're up there mm. taught. I think that's important is that, you know, for me, um, I've never had like a direct person above me that was doing what I did do at Soul for Community is lead worship with like a contemporary band, you know, a band mm. with the same band that'll play at, uh, you know, a gig the night before at doing secular music, quote unquote. Mm. Right. But anyway, so it's like, I've never had to look, I've never had someone to look up to that did that. And so it's part of that for me has been navigating, like, am I doing this right? Um, anyway, I think that people just need to, in the worship community, should focus a lot on their, what do they believe about like God? What do they believe about them? Like mm-hmm. and how that relates. And it's not, it's, it's either 
people who are all serious about like this is theology, this is correct doctrine, whatever, in that sphere, and they can't really, they're not talented, they're not playing great music. And there's also the people who are like, okay, we're going to get up there and the lights and the fog are going to be insane. Mm. And, you know, and we're going to just rock out and we'll see some hands raised. And I think those are two polar opposites. And I think you can have both. You can have like a great atmosphere. You can have great musicians, but also like super solid songs. You don't have to make them, uh, every sound, song sound the same. There's creativity that can be found in worship music. So you think musically it's overall in a good place? Uh... Or do you feel like some stuff is getting a little too repetitive? Yeah, I would say some things are some things I hear are like okay, especially in the uh, like the rapping community and Christian rap, like right. beautiful eulogy, NF sometimes, like uh, Lecrae. like Lecrae. Yeah, like these people are they're you know being they're saying Christian lyrics and they're doing, but their music is like super creative. I think even some contemporary worship bands are, you could tell that they at least try to make it. Um, well, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for effort. You yeah. Know I mean? Yeah. And I mean, you know, with music, there's only so much like creativity you can have. Have you ever read Still Like an Artist? No. Dude, highly recommend it. Okay. I've, I'm still going through it. It's, it's, it's basically the premise is like, look, we're all stealing from each other. Right. But it's like, yeah. how do you steal creatively basically? Right. But yeah, I think that, is that directed towards worship? no, no. It's just in general. It's okay, about everything. Good, it's good. about art. It's about it's about everything. Books. I wanna, yeah, I want to check that out. It's man. good. It's short. Um, but yeah, I think that we could do better at being creative and also being like congregational. I think that's the the difference is because we want the people song. If we're writing, it depends on what we're writing for. I guess if we're writing for a big church service, that that's what we want to write for people to sing. Then it's got to be simple in a way. Like lyrically and melodically, but if you're if you're like a Christian band that just like hey we just want to make really sick music but also you know like have great lyrics mm-hmm. about then you can get really creative and you don't have to be you know four chords and you know a verse chorus verse bridge chorus you know like yeah you can mix it up do some things. So. Well, I mean, you know, I'm maybe I'm just a little. Uh, maybe I got trust issues when it comes to playing with certain people uh, as far as like. Some of the attitudes I've come across, um, and not you, not anybody at Sulphur Community. Just say it. No. No, no, not Hunter Foreman, <laughs> not Jordan Says, our good friend, uh, not Jeff, not anybody like that. It's just like there's some com- guys that I don't really know who kind of put themselves at the top of the fruit chain because they can pay, play four on the floor and Tom Grooves and stuff <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they can play in G or E yeah. or A. You know, um, or play another person's riff or play, you know, because they're good at it. Yeah. While you can be good at, at replicating, I want to see you create your own thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now that I came, I'm obviously different background. I decided to put myself through, through music school and that's my own fault for having to go through all this stuff of like seeing great composers do great work and, and, and change the game and stuff like that. I guess I'm always looking for uh Continuous, I guess, evolution in music. Yeah, I don't get too comfortable, and that's where I'm going back to. Like, I wish I could just go back and just enjoy listening to music yeah. again. Um, so that's my own fault. At the same time, you know, like, it, I I was just curious of what other people's thoughts were on the worship community because mine uh, are like musically, I, it does. It's getting repetitive. Yeah. It has been repetitive. Agreed. Um, you know, you got the, the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, build back up into the chorus mm-hmm. again. 
Um, there's some people who love that and they yeah. always will. That's why some people still sing Heart of Worship mm-hmm, yeah. and all these kind of songs that are great songs that did their job um, and are still doing the job. Just for me, like I I appreciate bands like Bethel and Elevation and Hillsong, all the Hillsongs, however many they are. And, you know, I appreciate the, the like you say, I think creativity is a good word. Um, I appreciate the effort in creativity. Uh, and that's just for me, the, the, the Christian who is just wants more in, in the worship side because that's where my gift lies. But, yeah. you know, I'm just curious. I'm asking around, yeah. you know, whoever, whatever guest I bring on that has had involvement in the worship community, I'm going to ask as well. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's, a, it's something we need to think about, especially as people who are making music for that, yeah. that genre, that fold sect of people. Exactly. I mean, but you also have to play music for the, for the non-musician. And for the worship, right. the worshiping non-musician. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's just different avenues. I just wanted. To, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, it's almost like a, a personal question. study. It's a um, good question. Yeah, of course. And uh, also, uh, we met through. I guess we already established that we met through Sulphur Community. I guess when was I'm, I've, I've been trying to remember when the first time we met is. I guess uh, we just played. Did Phil get you first, or did Jordan like mention you? Or I think Jordan mentioned me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't meet Phil till way later. Okay, I met Jordan and Maggie probably like a year before I met Phil. Okay, um, I always like heard of Phil, and then Blake was obviously playing drums with Team Theory when they just started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been in a band for four or five years now. So, uh, huh? Yeah, I can't remember. There's some people I can't pinpoint at all. Actually, yeah. I can't pinpoint when me and Jordan met at all. <laughs> um, we talked about that on our podcast, um, but yeah. yeah but um, your podcast. My podcast. What is your, um, you, you do it with your 75-year-old neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So why don't you explain <laughs> yeah. um, what that all is all about? I've always, I just started, it's a brand new pa- podcast. Like it's like a month old and uh, I've been wanting to do a, like a podcast because I've, I've had, I like talking to people, like just asking just like stuff that maybe you shouldn't ask about, like whether it's. So the okay, so the podcast is uh, politics, God, pop culture, and everything like such as. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really talking about all those things. So if you don't like politics, that's okay. You got something for you. If you don't like art and you're not, you know, we got something for you. Um, but anyway, and so we, me and her, uh, she she's from she's actually from Houston too, mm-hmm. and um, so she she's she came to Sulphur Community. That's how I met her for a little bit, and then she, she doesn't go there anymore. But um, she's hilarious. She's a she's a raging liberal. Oh, and uh, yeah. So so we we a had, liberal in the south. Everybody. <laughs> yeah, she, and no, and that's the thing. She was befuddled at the fact that like there is no liberals here. I'm like, do you know where you are? Yeah. But she's come from Houston. Yeah. And so um, not saying that you know. <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, the, the city itself is a very liberal. It's very diverse. Yeah, it's I will a diverse say that. city. I knew hardcore liberals, and I knew hardcore yep. conservatives. <clears throat> my family, and I knew <laughs> people in between yeah. me. So yeah. So um, anyway, so we we talk about all that stuff, how those things connect to each other, and like uh, we had Team Theory on actually uh, a couple weeks ago. And I heard about that. Yeah, and we talked. Actually, sparked my interest in bringing you on. Oh, so it's all, all connected ties together. We podcasters have to stick to stick to each other, especially those local ones because there's no <laughs> there's only two of us. Yeah, no. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fun. She's hilarious. She she will say what's on her mind. She sometimes interrupts me. I have to say Carol, and I talk to her like that. I say Carol. Her name's Carol. <laughs> yeah, her name's Carol. That's so. And, uh, that's so. Her husband yeah. is a was a uh, theology professor uh, at the University of Houston. So he passed. 
No, he's still he's he's actually he's still alive. He's retired. They're both retired. Oh, okay. And so uh, we had him on. He's like super knowledgeable. He's a he's a quote unquote theologian and asking about deep stuff. You know. Uh, wow. So anyway, I, the podcast I guess birthed out of just I would ask people like so what do you think about the church and gay marriage? Like just like provocative questions mm-hmm. to people just, just to hear what they thought. I like to talk. right away. Yeah, it's like level 10, yeah. Uh, and so I just like, you know, these conversations are cool. And, I th- and also the, the aim of it, because I think every podcast should have an aim. Like what's your goal of this podcast? And well, the aim is to create diverse dialogue. So I don't want to just hear all liberals. I don't want to hear all conservatives or all uh, musicians or all painters or whatever. I just want to create like a dialogue, bring different people on, even if, you know, together, to just say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, that's your perspective. This is my perspective because I just feel like that's that's how we grow as humans oh, yeah. is to not uh, come to the table with your ears plugged, right. but to say, oh, literally, like, I mean, these people believe certain things and it's not just because they're trying to get you mad. Mm-hmm. They literally, they believe certain things for a reason. Well, you know, and I will say this just real quick. Um, I've talked about this before, not on the podcast, but just, you know, in passing conversation. I find there's a lot of narrow-mindedness, and I don't know if it's just a south, a southern thing. Yeah, it maybe may, it is. Yeah, I think more so, um, more so than we think. Um, I don't think people really address it as much as they should. Um, I, I, I'm gonna test it myself because when I go out west, I'm gonna probably see a different kind of mindset. I mean, it's Las Vegas. There's not yeah. a ton of locals right but you know i'll be i'll be doing some traveling to different cities and stuff like that so i'm very curious because i find there is a lot of like well there's my way or the highway you know kind of thing you know a lot of people that uh, older generations who work their entire lives and they have certain beliefs and they're never going to change and they don't understand anything else culturally uh politically anything like that and that's the thing like i i'm not saying like this podcast is or these conversations are supposed to like change your mind. Oh, That's right, not the goal. Yeah. It's just to be like, okay, I can see why you would think that. Like at minimum to, you know, because I, I well, just at think least that's saying it. I don't care if you're lying or yeah, not. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, we gotta, we're never going to go anywhere if we don't at least talk about some of these things. And not not every like thing we talk about is controversial. We talked about, uh, you know, LeBron leaving the Cavs. Right. Like, so we, it's a it's a fun podcast. We we talk about oh, a little stuff. bit of sports in there. Yeah, I wanted I, I, I want to do a sports one so bad. Yeah. Like some bring somebody on. I'm, I'm probably going to do my friend uh, Robert, who I went to high school with. He's a uh, he was like um, he went to Texas A&M for film and video, but like he does sports camera what? work. Oh, for, okay, the camera. I thought you were saying he was like in this in the games. So oh no, no, no. I was like, that's an interesting balance. I do have a friend who. Uh, <laughs> He kicks for the Cleveland Browns, Zane Gonzalez. So shout out, yeah, shout out. Went to high school with him. Man, it would be really hard to get him on. But uh, email, 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 yeah, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, you know, going the narrow mindedness thing. It could just be me being super critical of the older generation. Um, I ask why a lot. Yeah, and, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I ask why a lot, and that's. You know, taking a toll on my personal faith, and it's taking a toll on uh, on political conversations and stuff like that. Uh, older generation relationships that I have, you know, I, I'm not afraid to ask you why you think yeah. that, um, and especially at you know this region of the, of the country where you have a lot of like this is a diverse city. Houston's a really diverse city, so. Uh, but there's still pockets of people that are just not willing to listen to anything. Yeah. And they had 
uh, one purpose in their life, and that was to work or to to stay at home and raise kids or whatever. And that's a pretty traditional way of thinking. But now we have movements that empower women and empower certain um, certain groups of people that those people don't like. Right. Like, Insight. Yeah. Um, the LGBTQ plus community, the um, you know Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, all these third parties. Like you know, it's just. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of... Obviously, things are way better than they used to be yeah. in the 60s and 70s, but still, I, I don't know. When this generation goes on, I mean, will there be more open-mindedness? Maybe. There's only only time will tell, but yeah. that's just my personal an- analyzation. I, I yeah, my, my experience and what's... Um, it's given me a little hope is like um, in the age of Donald Trump and like crazy like conspiracies or whatever we have, right. whatever have Starting you. Starting to reveal a lot of... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I talked to people, like especially in college, which I know college is a time of more liberal views or more free thinking. Figuring stuff out. I right. And, and, you know, most people, at least my, my you know, friends and people I talk to, um, they seem to see through stuff and be like, you know what, that's, I mean, that's obviously... Which I think education helps that, you know, knowing what's lied like lies bef- behind us and mm-hmm. what's you know what we've seen in the past so it, i think there's hope i think there's hope and too. people are more aware now anyway because we've our brains can't even grasp the grasp the fact that we have access to all this information right um i think we're the at least me and you are in the close enough age to where we grew up with the internet mm-hmm. completely um, we didn't see anything else but the internet. We didn't. We don't know what it feels right, like. An encyclopedia. Or we know what national tragedy feels like. And yeah. there's kids that I taught in this internship this spring that didn't feel the effects of 9/11. They didn't right. feel the effects of, you know, the Iraqi War when it first started and all this kind of stuff. I I was younger, but I still remember being dragged out of school that day. And yeah. It's just weird. It's it's a weird time. It's and Rogan talks about it all the time. He's like it's strange times. Like it's just. Yeah. I, I think actually biologically, I, I remember seeing this like technically we can't really grasp like naturally having access to a being able to talk to somebody whenever you want um, and and being able to attach yourself to to a group of people like a, almost like a tribe like people go right and people go left and people stay in the middle like people root for the Astros or the, the Texans like I do. Mm-hmm. It's just, it feels nice to yeah. be a part of something, you right. know what I mean? And you have access to it. You just flip over your laptop and you're able to talk to all your teammates right. or all your party mates yeah. or whatever. So Ro- yeah, Rogan's big on talking. Like he, he gives you the bigger picture of it's a tribe. It's like, it's, we've always been like this. It's tribalism. Yeah. Right. We've always been like this. It's just aimed at something different. I mean, it's by, I mean, he talks about this too and I don't want to just copy his podcast, but you know, it's easy to live right now. Yeah. It's easy to seek medical care. It's easy to go get food. We don't have to scavenge, yeah. you know, at least in, in America. Um, we don't have to, uh, we, we don't have to go find water or we don't have to build our structures. Like we can hire somebody to do it. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. just, it's the safest time to live in history. There's it gives no, us a lot of free time to argue with each other. Exactly. I mean, it gives us a lot of time. <laughs> like Dwight Schrute says, and we get, need a new plague. And we need a new plague. <laughs> not really. Just kidding, y'all. So, I'm, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it gives us a lot of time to complain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I wonder if it's in this new age of being offended all the time. I wonder if it's ever exhausting to the offendee. Like, what if it's, is it ever just 
does that person wake up a person who's offended by nearly everything like uh like the lady who called uh who called the police on a group of people for having a barbecue or that meme or whatever that is (laughs) um do people wake up like social justice warriors do they wake up and and are just exhausted of being offended all the time do they ever does it ever cross their mind of like Will I be be offended today? Probably. Do I want to deal with it? Yeah, I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. You got to pick your battles. I mean, you can't you can't make everything a, a a a huge thing. I mean, I think some things are worth fighting for. Absolutely. And abs- absolutely taking a stand, but uh, everything, and especially like you know, towards the left side of things right now. Anything Donald Trump says, and I, I, I use, I'm, I, I'm trying to work that out of me, and I don't want to be mad at everything he does. Mm. Uh, but the things that that are like terrible, like you know, separating kids from their parents yeah, at absolutely. the border, stuff like that, that's important. Mm-hmm. Now is you know, taking a trip to Mar-a-Lago, you know, every weekend. Maybe some people could be offended, but there's higher things that you could be mad about. Right. So I think I think you got to definitely pick your battles. I feel like uh, you can pick your battles. More, I think there needs to be more thought um, socially. Yeah. Um, I feel like social issues. I, me personally, I've always thought economic issues should probably be prioritized a little bit higher, just because of the national debt and all this kind of stuff, um, the tariffs, and I'm not super well read on it, but just on my personal um, belief system, I feel like economically it should prioritize just a little bit higher than social issues, like. And I've, you know, a lot of progression has happened. Um, gay marriage legal, um, you know, just more acceptance of the LGP, LGBTQ plus community, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's, what are your thoughts on that? On the progress or? Oh, just, just what do you, th- do you, do you agree with it should be, economics should be more prioritized? Um. I guess it would the scenarios would depend, but I think that if if if, you're, if our economics, uh, I don't know. I mean, they might be able to solve some of the social issues. Um, if I mean that's our money. I mean, at the end of the day, that's taxpayer money. I mm. mean, uh, so it definitely matters to people. It should even like people could, the, could also tie into the social issue. I guess. I mean, that is taxpayer yeah. I mean, money. if you're talking about healthcare um, and giving access those that's a, that's a very tangible ev- uh thing that economics and social uh issues kind of mesh together it's cuz like like is it moral to deny someone healthcare that's like kind of a social thing and it's like well what there's actually when we flesh that out if we say yes there's going to be economic you know um things that happen because of whatever we do whether we don't or we do right and so um yeah i think that they I think that maybe one spurs the spurs on the other. Uh, it's it's all really healthcare is like probably the most complicated political thing ever. Like, oh, very. That's why like no one you know before Barack Obama even really tried to get into there because it's just insane. Um, but uh, I think it's both. I think I think we have to work at both. Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't. I'm not sure about which one's priority or not. But. Um, yeah, both of them are, I think, are important. Yeah, and, uh, and they overlap a lot. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, by this is by no means a political podcast. Um, I I'm not the one who has always been like super interested in politics, but I am a, a voter now, so it, you know I got to pay attention. And yeah. um, if I I was I would be lying to you if 
I said I didn't care about if I cared about more things than drums. I really just I I care about music and I care about sharing music and and listening to music and watching people play music and stuff like that. Um, and that's what I wanted this podcast to be about. I wanted it to be general as well, sure. which is why I bring you know different people on. Yeah. Mostly guests I bring on are do have ties to music though, which is why I brought you on. Yeah. Um, but um, the uh, please give Hunter's podcast a listen. Oh, that'd um, be nice. Absolutely. How many episodes do you have out? Uh, five or six. Five or six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we, it we just have some started. Good guests coming up. So yeah. we've had we've had a con- to a congressman or someone who's running for Congress. We've had theologians. We've had team theory bands. Mm-hmm. So it's it's trying. We're trying to mix it up. Oh yeah. Next absolutely. week, uh, I think we're gonna have a guy from my one of my buddies from New York City who's who he runs a human trafficking, uh, fighting human trafficking oh, nice. organization. Up is there. that the End It Movement? Is that any? Uh, he's with connected that? with them, but okay. he he has his own. It's called Let My People Go. Okay. And so right. anyway, he he's a guy who's who's it's talking about you know the whole the huge the huge epidemic of of people human being yeah people being taking their rights away and made forced into slavery, whether it's sex slavery or just labor, whatever. So he, he's on the front lines with that. And so he's Well, I actually that. heard Houston is at one of, one of the worst cities for that. Yeah, I mean, right here on I-10, right where we are, it's like, that's like the main highway for the South. It's insane. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so we got some good guests coming up. And it's called your Everyth- podcast? Everything Like Such As. Okay, and you're found on? Uh, iTunes, Google Play. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah the uh, podcasting is fun. It it's really love, I love it, and that's why I said I I, I want to pick. You got to pick something that you're interested in, because if not, even if no one listens, it's still fun to do. Mm, yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, and I have one question I'd like to ask uh, guests: um, what What are some things? What are some uh, tunes, bands you're listening to right now that like you're kind of into? Um, really, right now in the Christian side of things, beautiful eulogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like King's Kaleidoscope a lot. These are like the these are the Christians that are like kind of creative. Mm. Um, I like I said before we start recording. I'm really digging uh, Ryan's band. I've, yeah. been, I've gone to two of their gigs so far. The main entree. Yeah. So local in Lake Charles. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they're gonna get an EP soon. I told Dude. them they need to start recording that. Go listen to them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, Anything else? Like, uh, I haven't listened to a lot of music lately because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Mm. So, yeah, but, me too. As yeah, same. A lot of comedians. Like you have to pick like, what is your priority right now? Music. You got to alternate them. I well, I'm not gonna lie. The past six, seven months, I've listened to more podcasts than music yeah, in the same. car. I would say so. Uh, I listen to a lot of Rogan. I listen to a lot of uh, you know comedic side of things. Chris D'Elia, Theo Vaughn, some pretty dirty comics, but <laughs> they bring on interesting guests and. Yeah. Um, I actually got into MMA because of podcasting, you know, like UFC. Yeah. See, guys, listen to podcasts. It'll broaden your views on stuff. It it'll, really will. It'll I mean, inform you history podcasts, like yes. uh, History on Fire. Slow and, Burn. That's the one I always recommend. Yeah. Slow Burn's awesome. Slow Burn. Who runs that one? It's, uh, I think it's Slate Media, but they it's it's walks you through the whole Watergate scandal. Oh. Richard Nixon, and it like puts you there, dude. They like, use real clips from that time. See, access to all this yeah. information. It's awesome. So you can, you can awesome. be well read and just listen, you know, <laughs> yeah. audiobooks, whatever. And what was the name of that book you said again? Stealing, uh, steal like stealing like an artist, or how yeah. to steal like an artist. How to steal like an artist. Okay, yeah. I'm going to check that out yeah, personally. I'm, yeah, it's a good book. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, we can wrap this up. Awesome. Yeah, thanks you got to be somewhere at seven, huh? I do. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, please give uh, the podcast a listen, uh, Hunter's podcast. And also uh, check them out on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. 
Uh, you could check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. Um, uh, subscribe to us on your Apple app, on your Google Play app, and that helps us out, get us out there and stuff like that. I have no idea what the genre of this podcast is. We'll find out one awesome. day. Awesome, that's the genre. I want to thank Wesley uh, and R&R Mobile Recording. Um, and hopefully, I'm trying to get some sponsors. Um, if you guys have a local business or a business that... Um, can provide maybe some sponsorship, uh, some ad time or whatever. Just let me know. Uh, send us a message. Um, and thank you, Hunter, once again for Thanks coming for on. Me, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's it for this time. We'll see you.